Back to another episode of Movie Madness. I'm your host Henry Thompson, and with me today is my brother Wayne Thompson. Wayne, I want you to say for me, gentlemen, you can't fight here. This is the war room. Gentlemen, you can't fight here. It's the war room. Excellent. And joining us as well today is Glenn Ellis. Glenn, I want you to say for me, do you think I watch your films? I've seen better film on teeth. Do you think I watch your films? I've seen better film on teeth. Nice. I mean, both of those readings are nothing like the actual quotes. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone actually gets them. Well, that's uh, great. I didn't get the second one. The second one is actually, I, I fucked it up actually. It should be, do you think I watch your movies, Harry? I've seen better film on teeth. And it's from Get Shorty. Ah, Get Shorty. I always like to put a quote in and no one ever yeah, gets yeah. my quotes. There'll be one fucking dude listening well, in like South Africa every every time he just fucking claps every time he hears a quote and then well, turns the episode. The first off. one was Doctor Strange Love. That it? was correct. Very yeah. well done. Or how I learned to love the bomb. You I know what? I'm starting to wonder I why I don't to ask to you guys if you know the quotes. I just had to make a bet. That's all. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm going to get murdered. George Seas. Really was, was it George Seas? No, I'm said going to get murdered. Or was Probably. it Peter Sellers? I, I haven't watched that. What's that? Was it George C. Scott or Peter Sellers who said the quote? I think it was George C. Scott. Oh, I think it was, wasn't it? Can't afford a mineshaft gap, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, guys, um, <laughs> what we're talking about today, because obviously, as you may already know if you've been listening to the show, is we're all independent filmmakers. Uh, one thing that most independent filmmakers generally get their start with, and most professional filmmakers get their start with, is short films or, you know, short-form filmmaking as opposed to a long-form narrative. And uh, especially when you're an independent person and you don't have a great deal of money and you don't have a great deal of, like, studio backing, you get stuck into the short hole, which is where you just make nothing but fucking shorts forever. And you make one short after another, after another, after another, after another, and it gets really fucking tiring. And you, you don't get fulfilled the way you do from a feature at all. I mean, I would argue short films give me no satisfaction at this stage. At this uh, stage, yes. Whereas they did the first couple of times, yeah. I was like, oh, that's so cool that people watch your movie and you're like, oh, that's really great. Once you've done three or four, you're like, God, I just want to move on to bigger, better things. And I, if you don't have the means, it's kill, it kills you. I think as well, though, when we first started out, which is what, 15 years ago? Yeah. I think short films were still kind of accepting people sort of respected them. Where now, I don't think it's got the same response well this is one thing I'm going to bring up and why I want to do this as an episode um, is I think that short films have changed a lot over the last 20 years uh, if you look at a lot of early like for example if you look at like Martin Scorsese's short film from college you know from NYU uh, The Last Shave where you know it's literally a guy shaving and he slits his own throat and bleeds to death yeah we I did a parody shot of that with somebody once yeah or, you know, if you look at, like, stuff that, you know, I don't know, Christopher Nolan did when he was younger or something like that. It's all about an idea. Maybe there's a little bit of visceral imagery. Maybe there's a little bit of exciting camera movement or something. But they're just generally simple ideas. And what I find is that's that's what we've always approached, like, short films, is trying to make a simple story you can tell very quickly. 
and all that sort of stuff. And that used to be popular. You'd get like a little taste of drama, a little taste of comedy, a little taste of this, whatever. But over the last 15 years, I, I think partly due to social media and the rise of you know viral videos and YouTube and all this sort of stuff, all anyone wants from a short film now is to be viral. And all they want it to be is quirky or like um, massive, like something really unique. Like I remember we entered a, a short film once into Virgin Shorts and the winner was a, a film called Black Hole. And the black hole was literally a guy who had basically, it was a ripoff of uh, Who from Roger Rabbit, where he puts the black hole in the wall and you can reach through it, mm-hmm. which Roger Rabbit did in 1986 really well. And this guy did it okay uh, nowadays. But the fact that he had CGI automatically made him win over everyone else. Like the top five were like CG and animation, and then like ones about, you know, gay and lesbian and black people and anything that is culturally sensitive or culturally different, um, which are important. They are, don't get me wrong, but that's the three criteria I see now is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, virtue signaling, animation, and special effects. That's it. And yep. money. Well, I, I, all three of these require a little bit of money generally. Yep. I mean, I w- I'm going to tell a quick story. <clears throat> I was in uh, the Cannes Film Festival years ago. And I was in the short film corner with one of our films. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. And I met this dude. What we did was everyone would get together and you'd exchange business cards that have the short film number attached to it. Because the more views you get, the more people will say, oh, you did well. So I would give my card to someone and they'd say, I'll watch your film. You watch mine. And I'd go and watch their films. And I spent like three days watching short films. And you get together in a little booth. You type up your number on the computer and it loads it up and all this sort of shit. And this one guy was this kid uh, from from uh, L.A. says, watch my short film. And his short film was a 38-minute long. <laughs> Ours was eight minutes. So the guy was waiting for me, like having a smoke by the time I finished watching his. It was a 38-minute long thing about a um, a short order cook. Oh, sorry, I tell a lie. He was a bus, like a busboy, but he, was, he wipes the floor up in this little tiny bodega diner. And he really likes this girl and he really wants to talk to her, but he doesn't have the courage, you know? He's like a Mexican immigrant. He doesn't have the courage to talk to this girl who's really pretty. And like, he walks home every night. You can see the LA backdrop behind him. And it's all very nicely shot and all. And um, then one day someone comes into the restaurant and pulls a gun to rob it. And the girl tries to stand up to him and she gets shot and killed. And then the guy's like really heartbroken. And then the owner of the of the restaurant says to him, you really liked her, didn't you? And he's like, yeah. He says, you really should have said something. She really liked you. He goes, oh, did she? Oh. And then a new girl starts working there. And he's like, do I build up the courage to talk to her? And that's the movie. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, what a fucking, what moral fucking bullshit you trying to pass me on this one? Because Actually, I missed the end of that. I fell asleep like two sentences in. So yes, <laughs> no offense to the guy, but this felt like, it felt as long as a feature. And it told no story. Boy meets girl. Boy doesn't want to talk to girl because he's afraid. Girl gets killed. Boy sees another girl. I'm like, it's not exactly a fucking uplifting ending. So and he's I, either a pervert or he's desperate. Well, the the point of my story, though, unrelated to the, the you know narrative qualities of that and its its filmmaking integrity, <laughs> is that I went out to talk to the guy. And he goes, "Oh, I loved your short, man." I was like, "Oh, cool. Yeah, it was a short, wasn't it?" <laughs> And, and the guy goes, um, oh, what do you think of mine? I said, well, it was really nicely shot. 
and you know with all the Ellie backdrops and stuff but uh, and the actors were okay um but I thought the story was very you know a bit bland a bit long and he's like yeah I know I mean, it's, it's just so hard to produce something of quality when you've only got two and a half million dollars and I go wait whoa, wait, wait what and he goes oh yeah I got funded by the uh I was part of this uh, special project for people that are up-and-coming filmmakers in Los Angeles they gave me two and a half million 35 millimeter lenses and cameras equipment rented for three weeks and I could shoot it all I wanted for for three weeks and had two and a half million and it's just really hard to wring a good movie out of a budget so small it's funny. This was his attitude. Now I'm sitting there like my eyes out on fucking stocks as the movie we made was literally on IMDb as listed as being made for 50 pounds and a sandwich to take a gas and a sandwich. Yeah. It's funny you say that though because <clears throat> I always remember taping one of our films to Sedona. And, Which uh, is in Arizona. Yeah. And beautiful place. If I ever have the money, it'd be my retirement place. It's that nice. But anyhow, I always remember, I mean, this was the first time I'd ever been to a film festival and, you know, seeing the cinema full watching your film, I was nerve-wracking as hell. And at the end, you do you, you do a little speech on the stage. So I had to go down, obviously, you know, fish out of water. I'm from the northeast of England. They're all American who can't understand the word I'm saying. <laughs> um, but it, it actually went really well. And what I found fascinating was there was one guy stood up and he basically said that, in all the time he's been coming to festivals, he's never ever once saw a short film that tells a story. There's just been a short film that just does something, never actually tells a story. He says, you're the first person who's actually proven me wrong and you have made a story in 15 minutes. You've told a very good story and very visual and it's got the point across, it's got everything across within 15 minutes. That's the first time I've seen that. He says, I actually was starting to believe you could not make a film in under 30 minutes. He says, you have totally proven that wrong. And I thought, that's fascinating. What's so hard about making a film or a story less than half an hour? It's not that difficult. Yeah, I mean, I will say, I think, uh, I know the the film you're talking about is A Test of Faith. Test of Faith, And yes. A Test of Faith has, like, you know... Um, what like 14 different scenes and like uh, 11 different actors and it does tell a a very you know abbreviated but it does tell a full story of you introduce the first guy you find out what happened there's a little bit of mystery and then you get toward the crux by the end and there's a third act and all that sort of stuff I think what that guy probably meant was I see a lot of short films where it feels like they hit the ground running to where the story's already taking place before mm-hmm. you get That's there. That's what I'm saying, yeah. And the introductions are very brief. It's a scene. And it's more like a scene yeah. that has either a cap or a twist. Yeah. Well, you know, Test of Faith didn't rely on a twist. It relied on just having a story with a natural conclusion. It had a twist, but the story well, yeah, but built the, the up twist the twist. Was, yeah. yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like a you know Tales from the Crypt twist where it's like this this whole thing's a drama and then at the last minute by the way he was dead all along. Yeah, it wasn't a twist twist. It was a natural, you know, third act reveal. Um, I think there's a huge difference between a third act reveal and a twist. Yeah, and most short films rely on an ump factor of like a twist. So I think that's probably why the guy was so kind of taken back by a movie that yeah, was just yeah. a shortened version of a full movie. Yeah, but I mean. Um, Glenn, uh, you've worked on a few short films now, yeah. Um, but you've never made your own yet, have you? Not directed, no. I've been cameraman on a few. Yeah. Are you looking <clears throat> forward to directing one, or are you like, uh, fudge this? Nah. Uh, nah. Like, having been... Okay, I'll, I'll put it away. <laughs> having been behind the camera on a few, uh, and I'm sure you've seen plenty of other people's short films, especially here in yeah. the North, you meet a lot of other filmmakers, you end up seeing each other's work. 
What's your overall opinion on short films as a concept? Uh, well, I mean, I've said this to you before. I, I, short films as a concept is fine if you're if you're learning the ropes like me. Mm-hmm. It's great for experience. Absolutely great for experience. It's a but, great starting point, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, sadly, I think we've lost the... the when when short films first started, it was a good platform to actually kickstart your career. Now, unless you've got, like you said, that two and a half million mm. behind you, mm-hmm. nobody's even going to entertain it. And proof in the pudding for that is, I actually did a test once, because we used to do a lot of our short films for under five hundred pound. Uh, test of Faith was about five hundred pound. Um, now, we were submitting all these to festivals and got nowhere so I thought let's give this a, let's, there's a guy once spoke to Hank and said what you're missing out on is you've negative got to, cost yeah you've got to include all the costs what would have been included so let's say you paid five grand for your camera that's five grand straight away for your budget then your transport then your fuel then this then that you've got to you've got to include all even if you don't spend it include it mm-hmm. so I actually then put one of them down I changed it from 500 to 5 grand because the camera alone was about 3 grand Yeah, what we were using and straight away got accepted about 4 or 5 festivals just by changing the price Yep, and that was that was a good for your ago so you, you can see where the progression was going with short films no mm-hmm. longer could you make a short film for nothing and get any chance of being recognised yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's because of the money factors in the sense of they think you're more serious if you spent money than if you haven't, or if it's down to the business side of can you understand the concept of spending money. This guy who I, who we're talking about had told me, look, I know you guys did it on a shoestring, so you've all done it for free, but you've got to charge the budget of what you would have been paid yeah, exactly. had you been getting paid yeah. by someone else. So if you would have charged 200 a day and you all work three days, you got to put on like, you know, an extra four sets of uh, 600 bucks. And that seemed like craziness to me because I'm like, this is like, that's like terrible accounting. That's bad bookkeeping. And he's like, yeah, but no one, no one gives a fuck. They just want to see the bottom number. Yeah. You would literally have to say like, yeah, the budget was 10 grand. We spent 800. The rest of it, we've done on a discount. Kind of yeah. thing. All no, they I care about see. is that final number. I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it has exactly. made a difference to people's acceptance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, what what did we put down as the budget for the uh, Katie short? Which one? The the, the, yeah, the car one. The one with the, the zombie one. Yeah, the zombie one. Yeah, it hasn't got a budget, but technically, that should have easily been a five grand. Budget. No, I would have said more like twelve and a half. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at minimum, because of the fact we had that whole facility that we had. That's that, right. We had the yeah. whole day of. We had all the, the green screen. We the had vehicle we cost, had the garage, which the, normally would have cost the, a fair bit higher. Well, just a compositing cost would have been an extra couple the of grand. Makeup effects, yeah. everything would have would yeah. have cost four actors. Yeah, yeah. In full makeup as well for yeah. three of them. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so perhaps we perhaps we've been doing it wrong for a long time. Well, we should start just lobbing on how much it clearly we have, but it it's sad that you've got to do it that yeah, way yeah. to get any recognition. You know, I always thought that this should be going on what you're producing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's surely what is what they want to see to be able to see whether you can go on and do a feature film, whether they want to hire you to do something else, not what you're spending. Well, you see, I. Uh, Again, going back to like the time when I, I've spent like at the Cannes Film Festival, I went to a lot of meetings with people. And if you've never sat in a room with like a big time producer, 
they don't have a fucking concept of reality. No, they, they don't. only have a concept of their reality. Um, I was pitching a film uh, that I mean was already finished uh, at the time. Engineered distribution. And I'm saying, here's this movie, and I show them the trailer and everything. They go, ah, it looks really good, man. It looks really fucking cool. Um, And I tell them a bit about it. They say, what was the budget on it? And I'd say, oh, it was, it was, um, uh, what? It was uh, 25 grand. And they'd go, all right, man. All right, this meeting's over. And I'm like, what? Yeah, you don't bullshit a fucking bullshitter, man. You can't make a movie for 25 grand. And they would literally tell me I was lying to them. Yeah. I don't know why the fuck that would be a good lie. Oh, yeah, I made it for nothing. Bullshit. Why is that even bad? Why is that a bad thing? But anyway, so by the end of the time when I was leaving Cannes, I started changing my tack, and I was like, yeah, man, I made it for uh, half a million. And they'd go, fuck, scrimping and saving. And you, can, you can't even see it on screen. It's so well done. I remember, I remember him no ringing concept. me because he kept in touch with me every day at the time. And I remember him ringing me, telling me that story. I'm like, what you you are you for real? He says, listen. He says, I'm now starting to understand that anything under a million is a zero budget. Yeah. Anything a million to maybe it's five million is low budget. Then you're in the budgets after that. He says, anything below five million, you're in the low budget either. I also thought low budget was a million. Then anything you know, like maybe twenty grand was zero budget. But no, anything under a million seems to be zero mm-hmm. budget, which is crazy. Now, I can understand that for a big studio because you normally have, like, union rules or they're working within the studio system, so there's lots and lots of, you know, gaffers, painters, decorators, set designers, you know, graphic artists, you know, fucking HR, hundreds of workers working in a place that are all getting paid per movie that they're working on. That eats up a lot of salary. But when you come from an independent world, if you look back at, like, Kevin Smith days and our days, there might only be three crew. Yeah, for the whole movie. Exactly. All pulling triple, quadruple duty on different tasks. Even those kind of movies, it's still seen as like, how could you make it for less than a million yeah. in this day and age? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I find that fucking fascinating. I don't, you know, I mean, back when Clerks came out, it was revolutionary. He did it for five grand. You know, or if you look all the way back to like Robert Rodriguez with uh, El Mariachi, you know, where he did it for like 15. And, and and medical experiments to get the money for that. Um, everyone praised them for how incredible they could make a good movie on so little. Yeah. Now you're laughed out of the room because it's not possible to do that, even if you can prove it. That's weird. Uh, what 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 made that sea change? I feel like if we went from creativity just to just straight business, yeah. is that all it is? Totally. That's what Hollywood is, anyhow. Yeah. Because I feel like there was so much more creativity when I was a kid in films, and I now agree. I don't see it. There's so many franchises now. Like, I don't even think Marvel could have existed in the 90s It it because they wouldn't have been well, able to be a franchise. It'd have to be so unique, each one. They kind of tried, didn't they, but failed. Yeah. You know, they, they tried a Fantastic Four, which failed. They tried a Captain America in the, the, the middle yep. 80s kind of thing, which failed. And the, the, I think they weren't ready for them. Even the early Spider-Man films were yeah. too early. The only ones that ever got any success were the Superman ones. Mm-hmm. And then the, the original, like the early Batmans, they, they did I, but then it was a totally different kind of franchise as well, yeah. to a degree. You know. But then like, okay, so back to short films. Um, I I don't watch many short films these days. You know what I mean? I'll watch ones for people that I know or people that have asked me, or I'll watch ones from particular acclaimed directors and things like that, or if there's a special reason. 
Like I remember watching uh, David Fincher's series of short films that were all effectively TV commercials for a car company, which was the hire. And I thought, oh, these are really good looking, tell nothing stories. They mm-hmm. don't have a story. They're just pretty. Um, and I mean, I love music videos, which to me, music videos are just short films anyway. Yeah. You know if I mean? done correctly, yes. Well, if done, well, yes, when done correctly, like, you know, if your name is Michelle Gowdry or something. <laughs> but um, when I look at what's popular short film wise these days, it's always either a massive budget, b amazing effects that you're like, how was that made for not a massive budget? Mm-hmm. Um, they're always effects and visual driven more than story. I mean, I mean, uh, I th- I showed these guys earlier Pixels, the original short film that, of Pixels yeah. that was bought and became the Adam Sandler movie, and we all agreed, you know, it's a very pretty short film, but there's mm-hmm. no fucking plot to it. Yeah, and how that got bought and then turned into that is unbelievable. Our movie like Lights Out, you know, yeah. which got bought and became a movie that was a short film, and it was nothing more than, again, trickery and prop. There was no story to it. It was just different. And that's what everyone's got to try and be now. It's fucking different. Um, Neil Blokamp's doing all those short films for the the dust sci-fi thing, and every one of them is like a fucking giant powerhouse of CGI, blowing people off and ripping skin off everybody walking through the jungle and aliens and shit. And I'm just like, well, that's great if you've got, you know, five million to burn. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the little dude down the street with his three friends can't afford to do that, no matter how good technology gets. But the one big place where I see animation is uh, animation, sorry, short films, <laughs> where I see short films <laughs> popular still, no matter what, is animation. That's what I was going to say. Like Pixar, how they have the short films in front of their movies. But if they weren't in front of a Pixar movie, how many people would watch it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd have your dedicated following, but that would be it, wouldn't it? I, I like to think so. And I look at a movie like Gerald's Game. Uh, I think it's Gerald's game. It's the old guy playing chess with himself. Mm-hmm. And it's a lovely little short film, really clever, well animated. And I watched it and I thought, that's so good. It won like an Academy Award and everything. And I thought, man, that would not have won if it was live action. Mm. That was so good because it was a representation of not just the story, but the animation. If that was one guy playing it and it was live, it'd be instantly just okay at best. Um, which I mean, I, I think everyone who's listening has probably already done it. I don't know if you guys have, but if you guys watched the new season of Love, Death, Robots, no. Nah. Love, Death, Robots, which is uh, produced by Tim Miller and David Fincher. Um, did you see the first season? Nope, nope. Really? Wow, I'm fucking surprised by that. Actually, I I just assumed you would have uh, seen the first season. Well, basically, they're an anthology of short films, nothing more. Uh, all of them are, in, are disconnected. There's no connectivity between them, and they all variate in animation style. Some are hand drawn, some are CGI, um, things like that. They, you've just said the key word for me. What? Animation. I'm not in animation. Well, but you watch Rick and Morty. That's one. Of the only ones I watch, and I only watch that because that guy there <laughs> harassed the Wayne's- fucking <laughs> shit out of me to watch it. Wayne's pointing through the goldfish bowl at Hank. Yeah. 
I may have been a bit, you know, you're missing out. Vociferous, I think is the word you're looking for. Vic and Morty is the animation of the show for him harassing people. (laughs) True. Hey, man, I've got my my favorites and I'm going to pitch them to people because I want them to enjoy themselves. I can't help it. If I just happen to hype everything to an unbelievable fucking level, I can't help it. He recommended both to me and I've watched them and I loved them both, so, you know. Yeah, so that's how I tell if someone's a human being or a fucking, like, they live robot alien, you know? <laughs> I have not watched this yet. But I think you've hit... All on- you've done is missed out on it, man. That's all you've done. You haven't hurt me. You just missed out for yourself. I think you've hit on something, though, with animation for yeah. short films. Animation probably still works oh, with short films will, yeah. because there is a story. Well, the thing is, I think with animation, you have no rules, and I think, you know, in live action, you've got rules of storytelling. It doesn't feel as fulfilling if you don't learn a little bit about something. Yeah. Whereas in animation, it can just be visually interesting and arresting, and all it needs to be is quirky. Because, um, I mean, all of Ardman's stuff, you know, the wrong trousers uh-huh. and things like that, they were all shorts, weren't they? To start Most with. of Ardman's yeah. early stuff, um, not the movies, but the TV show yeah. stuff, you know, like uh, Creature Comforts. Creature Comforts and stuff like that. Yeah. If, if that was live action, yeah, we, it would have been the most boring thing you've ever seen. Uh huh. And I mean, that was the whole gag behind it, wasn't it? That it was basically you took some people talking absolute fucking balls, and then you put like an animated rabbit on it, and everyone watched it and loved it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think animation has a little bit of a of, of a leeway. Mm-hmm. Now I think it's going to broaden it to people love death robots because they're exceptionally violent sexual movies. Do and, you know, do you know what? one way of getting people to show films would be mm. is something what they used to do years ago but it was again it was you, you, you hit the nail with animation I always remember when I used to go to the cinema as a, as a kid they'd always have cartoons on before the film yes yeah of course yeah I remember I'm, that I'm amazed they don't do that now all, all you get now is a shitload of shitty fucking adverts <laughs> which annoy the goddamn hell out of you well, you but, don't get the newsreel either <laughs> and and trailers for shitty films. Yeah, where I'd rather watch a car. Yeah, I'd rather watch Looney Tunes. I'd rather watch, you know. I, I would be happy to sign a petition today to bring Looney Tunes back for five minutes before every movie. Exactly. I'd be over the moon for it. Damn straight. Give me a new Roger Rabbit while we're yeah. here. Give me one of those. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'd be down. I'd be down for that. Because, again, animation, you're used to it in a short form as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that people were, were were never that used to short form film. Well, I always remember when they did Simpsons, the movie. I was not interested in it. And it mm-hmm. took me a long time to watch the movie. I still haven't watched it. I love the shows. Don't get wrong. I watch yeah. them in the background. I, I do like them. It's one of the only animation things I do watch on a regular basis. But when they did the movie version, I was thinking, really? They made the Simpsons movie? I, I do think that the movie was pretty poor, though. I mean, it came late in the day, and it was very... Changing, um, you know, uh, Rainier Wolfcastle to actual Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. was a fucking stupid move. Yeah. I didn't like that joke. Don't don't belittle your own character by going into... Oh, by all this time, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Did you get that? Yay! No, that's fucking terrible. But again, Give people some credit, you again, know? Again, what they did with the likes of Shrek and everything, they turned them into little shorts, didn't they, eventually? The Halloween yep. ones and the Christmas ones and the... Yep. Yeah. And they worked. Oh, yeah. I think animation is perfectly suited to shorts because you can take it in small doses and really enjoy it. I, it's very rare for me to want to 
I, I know it's going to sound very silly when I say this next comment, but I can place myself into pretty much any inanimate object if it's got googly eyes on it. <laughs> no, I'm fucking serious. But I can't put myself into any normal person's shoes unless I know what their score is. If you just show me a movie and there's just a random dude standing there, I'm like, right, win me over. Why do I give a fuck to watch you? But you give me a random toaster and it happens to have feelings and it wants to go on an adventure, I'm like, I'm there. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about animation, I think, that speaks beyond those volumes, whereas as a, as a human being, I need to be interested in my fellow man if it's a, if it's a person. So I don't know. But uh, one thing that does make me sad, but it's, uh, it's kind of it's very exciting at the same time, is when you watch Love, Death, Robots, most of them are CG. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think out of, like, 24 episodes in total, probably 17 would be CG. And then, like, six or seven are hand-animated. But the hand-animated ones are fucking amazing. Um, and the level of... What's what's good about it is the level of quality of the CG from the photorealistic standpoint is getting to the stage where it's not always easy to tell that it's CG. There's a couple of times... I watched one last night with Danielle... Um, about this guy who's like an albino who's lived for hundreds of years because he's got this special nutsack. I'm not kidding you. He has a special nutsack and all the criminals of the universe want to cut his balls off to reverse engineer why he's immortal because of his balls. I know the feeling well. Yep. <laughs> Wayne, should I even tell that story? Do you want to tell that story I quickly? Just, just want to just hide in the corner now. <laughs> This guy could have lived forever. He used to. Made it real, didn't you? Yeah. Do I need to do? Do I want to make it real? I feel like I have to tell the audience now. (laughs) Just cause this stole me third note. That's all I'm. He had three testicles when I met him, and they had to surgically remove one of the testicles. And even after the operation, he was like, "So what was it?" They were like, "We don't even know." (laughs) It wasn't a testicle. It was just some third ball of some unknown origin. It's It's like in a fucking lab somewhere. They're still testing. It's probably grown legs and ran away by now. Uh, it was proof that he was actually it is alien. The new iPhone. That's what, that's what <laughs> it is. Became an iPhone. <laughs> Artificial intelligence uh, started Wade's pants. <laughs> yes, I am an alien. Fuck y'all. But so my point is, there's a few moments in this episode where this guy is talking to this girl, and you can believe 100% this is two actors standing there talking to each other. And then suddenly just a slight bit of uncanny valley creeps in and you go, oh, yeah, it's CG. But if you looked at a still frame of it, you'd go, that's two real people. That's how good that the guy like drinks some liquid and you can see every muscle moving in his throat and his fucking, you know, Adam's apple shifting. And it's so unbelievably realistic. You're like, Jesus Christ, this is the next stage. So when you then have those same people literally blowing giant bloody chunks out of each other, that's exciting to see. Because you don't see that. I remember I watched it. I thought to myself, fuck, this is how they should do the next Starship Troopers. This would be fucking amazing because Starship Troopers is well overdue for a good another movie. They did try to do an animation, but it was still shit. Was it like photo real or was it just animated? Animated. Yeah, because that's what I'm saying is this is like they're pushing the boundaries on photorealistic stuff. But what's even better is some of them are more caricatured. So it's like mixing an element of caricature, live action. Yeah. Sorry, caricature, hand-drawn, and CGI together. And they are just phenomenal. Like the arts people are putting together these days. Um, 
And yeah, I'm totally sold on those things. And then you and then you present me with a thing and you go, right, here's a new short film by some dude. And if if I look at it and the first thing is some guy sitting in a chair in a diner, I just go, oh, I'm out. Oh, God. What is this? You know, or some guy in his front room tapping his, sh- you know, shoe on the floor. Some nervy things about to happen. I'm just like, oh, this better be fucking good to eat up a full six minutes of my time. And yet I'll watch a whole 60 minute pilot of a TV show with no care. But it takes a lot for me to sit down for eight minutes for some guy short film. How weird is that? Is that just indoctrination with me? Or what do you think that causes that? Because the other side of the coin is I look at YouTube and a movie like Pixels, which is only two minutes long, has like 66 million hits. And then if you search the term short film, you'll find thousands and millions of short films all with 100, 260, 80 views, whatever. Pixels might have only got the hits after the movie came out, though. No, no, no. It had the hits, and that's what led to getting bought for the movie. There was a bidding war over the concept from the short film being so successful, it was so viral. It was something like 100 million views but in again, like a month. But the, the term Pixels does make you go back in time. So it does... Maybe people just thought, oh, it's history. There would know? have been... There certainly would have been a large number of hits on it. Prior, oh, this is my point, though, it. is... And it's only two minutes, short, short, yeah. short, like, you know, concentration spans. And again, though, if that wasn't for all the CGI, what would it be worth watching? It wouldn't be worth watching at all. Oh, no, exactly. It's a spectacle, nothing else. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like that's where, that's where short films are now, is maybe there are still people out there, and I'm sure there is at festivals, who are paying attention to the filmmaking merits of short films. But I think most festivals agree with the general user base, which is, if I put this on our YouTube, will it get a lot of hits? Not will people love it. Not will it be the next Kevin Smith. Oh, they yeah. just want to know, is it going to be the next well, viral video? Everything these days, I've, I've never watched anything on this yet because I haven't got the program, but I hear a lot about it. Everything's TikTok these days. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's saying, oh, can I, can I go viral on TikTok? Oh, can I do this on TikTok? Oh, yeah. I think TikTok has some kind of a limit, like twenty seconds or something. I mean, but that's what I mean. How because, far could you go? Because with that? people want to be like hooked like that these days. Yeah, that's the that's the problem. If you don't hook them within those first 20, 30 seconds, people don't seem to be caring anymore. And yeah. you know, that's great for TikTok, or it was great for Vine when Vine was out. But for me, as an I guess just an old boomer, you know, pre millennial, I want a story from a film. And then bullshit from my internet bullshit. I don't want to go on, like, I don't want to see a TikTok video turn into a fucking movie. I don't want a movie to be a series of TikTok bullshit. I want TikTok to be bullshit. And I want movies to be a story. To me, TikTok should have been some of what was taken from movies. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, that was a good idea. Can we do this? Can we like? Can we reimagine that and do this with it? Or can There's we? Some people do things like that. You know I what think. I mean? Yeah, I think that I think would be more do do that. interesting for me. Yeah. Uh, personally, but, but you've got to wade through a load of shit just to find see, stuff that would like drive that. me nuts. Yeah. See, my, my point of it is this what bothers me is not that it exists, they have all the fun you want. The great thing about TikTok, YouTube, and uh, before it Vine, things like that, anyone on the planet can release a video and anyone on the planet can watch it, and that's great, awesome. But why businesses like Universal and, and fucking Warner Brothers and everybody else? is basically trying to adapt that strategy for strategy for getting their movie successful pisses me off. 
movies and individual, you know, interpretations should be separate. Because they've run out of ideas. We've said this so many times. They've run out of ideas, so they're now looking at what most people are looking at and thinking, oh, can we capitalize? Can we capitalize? Because, like you said about 10 minutes ago, business, money. That's all it is. The art of filmmaking in Hollywood's gone. It's the independent what's still got the art, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But the actual Hollywood and any big companies like that, ah, they just want money, 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 money. Here's a question. I know it's a horrible question to ask. Um, <laughs> because if you, depending on your answer, we're all going to be bummed out. <laughs> oh, well, I'll, I'll just need to do it now. <laughs> As independent filmmakers, this I'll, I'll ask Glenn first, then Wayne can answer after. Please, he's asking you first. <laughs> Woohoo! Do you think. He never thinks. <laughs> and this can be for shorts or feature films. But a truly, truly, truly independent production, just you and a couple of other people, you put it together yourself, you try to get it seen by a couple of festivals, throw it online. Do you think with zero money that's even possible to make an impact like it was, say, 25 years ago, 20 years ago? Uh, no, sorry, I probably... That's okay, I'll cut that much. too with my coffee. <laughs> it probably it is possible still to make an impact, but it would have to be really damn good. Either damn good or lucky. Yeah, I mean, there is always going to be an element of luck. I mean, take the prime example of the the, the short I worked on, the uh, Voice Within. Um, I I was the cameraman on it, and the, the the girl that wrote it and directed it, she entered it into loads of competitions and and won awards for it. But personally, I didn't think it was that good enough a story to win awards, but it won. So it was in right place, right time. Element of luck. So, and it, it did tell a story. But there comes the next point. You said uh, with no money, didn't you? Yeah. You've got to pay to get them in the fucking festivals. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. And they're not, cheap, they're not cheap these days. Yeah, but again, we're going back to the whole, you know, what is zero budget? What is micro well, budget? Yeah. What is low budget? Exactly. And, I mean, I assumed when Hank said no money, we're talking... Uh, yeah, I know you know, what you mean. A couple hundred pounds, a couple hundred dollars maybe, which is enough to get you into festivals. But you, you submit to 10 festivals, you've spent probably nigh on 500 quid straight away. Minimum. I'd say 1,000 Because a decent Ooh. festival is about 40, 50 quid. A decent one. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Anything what you can win good recognition from is at least, at least, I've seen some of them go up to nigh on 100 quid. Mm-hmm. Well, bear in mind the, the film that we had, the short film that we had in uh, Cannes which this was 10 years ago, Can was £175 exactly. entry fee. Exactly. And so, we had submitted two films and one didn't get accepted. That's right. And so that's we blew nearly bucks right there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, again, it comes down to the money factor, doesn't it? I mean, to, to capitalise on what you said, I think it's, it's not impossible to, well, to get anything. Well, nothing's impossible, but... But I think you need an element of luck. Mm-hmm. And a huge element of luck to a degree because let's face it, which big wig chiefs is going to be looking around YouTube and shit like that to see who's made a short film unless it's been recommended to them. So it's going to take somebody who knows them to see it to recommend it to them. Because even when you've been at the festivals, like I say, my film did really well in Sedona. 
I even got a random email from a company in America asking if they could screen it on some Christian channel. And I was like, yeah, go for it. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's publicity for me. I don't care. What have happened to it? Got no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so even with a little bit of success, still nobody knows I've got a film out there, really. No. Yeah. Technically. So, you yeah, know, except you, the people that know you. Yeah. So yeah. you've got to have that element of look to reach the right people. Oh, I mean, well, I'm going to hate using this word, but you've got to hit the zeitgeist, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If you if you hit it at the right time, right place, you'll make it. And these days, otherwise, you're the best short film in the world. Could just and well, pale this, this is obscurity. this is going to probably rattle a few kids as well. Ooh. You know, but these days it's even harder because you've got to tick the right boxes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, it, but you do. There. You do. No, but it's true. <laughs> it is true. You know, you go out and just make a general film it's going to have very little chance of succeeding you put something in what's culturally correct to whatever's going on at this time it's got a way more better chance of getting picked up I don't disagree with that because I think that we now live in a society where everyone wants to pat each other on the back yeah, about exactly. certain things and, and I'm you... not against that don't get me wrong I'm, I'm not you know people do oh, need I am no, 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 no. People do need patting on the back. People do need a lift me up. People do need a pick me up. But, oh, sorry. That's but, not what I meant. I, I meant the people that are patting you on the back for having done it is stupid. Actually being diverse and trying to yes. make sure everyone's got opportunities is very fucking important. Exactly. Yes. Because because to me, the whole the whole idea of filmmaking and things like that is supposed to be entertainment. Yeah. Not cultural. It's entertainment. If you want to do cultural films, that's fine, but we also want to do entertaining films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think we've lost the art of that a lot. Well, I I look around and it's very easy to feel very tired and worn out by making short films because, like, uh, not including myself, well, we'll just talk about other people. I know two people in particular come from completely <laughs> different backgrounds. Neither of them seem to have spent any money on their, you know, they've spent their personal maybe 500, 600 bucks here, a thousand there, whatever, um, and made a couple of short films, right? Who, one of them. Um, are you naming names or are I'm you not? I'm not going to name names. Good. Because I always feel it's best yes, not to name no, names. I, I agree. Unless you have them on the show. I agree. I, I try to be that kind of person. Um, I don't like trash talking to anyone needlessly. I don't like being an asshole about things. But anyway, one, one group made a short film for their own personal money and uh, they sent it out to a bunch of festivals and they got a couple of awards uh, here and there and then just seems to have went into pure obscurity and disappeared and makes no difference to anything in life but they're really proud of it of course and, and they love it and everyone that watched it says good but it hasn't seemed to have taken them anywhere on the other side of the coin I know of somebody who made a couple of short films um, which as a filmmaker, when I watched them, I thought, wow, this is literally the worst shit I've seen since Paranormal Activity. Nothing happens at all. And then at the end, they go, boo. And it's just nothing special. But despite the fact that I don't know of them winning any awards or going to major festivals, they have an unbelievable following on the internet and tons of viral video. Not, you know, like all of a sudden got millions of hits and stuff out of nowhere 
And it's like, fuck, do you, do you just pay for these people? Or do you just have to know the right guy who's just got his finger on the pulse of the internet? Because one is an actual good movie. The other one's just like this ridiculous little thing. But arguably, the guy with more hits is beating and having a better chance at a career than the guys with the acclaim. And I think that's fucking sad. I think that's really yep. fucking sad. It shows the sign of times, if you ask me. Yeah. And then I started to think to myself, you know, as a, as a nearly 40-year-old filmmaker, do I even know how to appeal to YouTube generation? I want to tell a good story. I don't want to make a movie that just goes, blah, give me some money. I mean, I want to make a good movie. Do I know how to appeal to them at the same time? I don't know if I do. Yeah, it's a tough, the on, the tough only thing call, that The only thing you can take from it is they will eventually grow up and probably appreciate better films as they get older, but as they're that young, they're just... The, the, the minds just don't last that long. I know that sounds awful, because I've got kids of my own, and I, and, and I, I watch and see how they grow up. And the concentration span on the younger generation, this lately seems to be zil. Oh, they have no attention span you know, of any kind. My kids, I oh, watch this. How what was that? Oh, it's just like ten minute, ten second thing. What? And you, how do you get anything from ten seconds? Mm-hmm. And and to be honest, how homogenized everything is becoming. Yeah. Um, oh, so here's a question: What? How long would it? Would you get in a short film to hook someone in days gone by? Because I'm at the moment we're talking what 10, 20 seconds. Oh, you've if got to hook it. somebody within the first minute. Definitely. If you haven't, if you haven't hooked them, you, you you've had it. They'll a long it time off. ago, I would have said you've got a good five minutes to hook somebody. I would have said in the nineteen nineties you would have five minutes. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. I would have said in the year two thousand you got about two minutes. Two minutes. Now it's now, now it's, it's under a minute. Seconds. Yeah, it's under yeah. a minute. Definitely. I mean, it, the the whole ten second thing now is purely down to TikTok. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Because TikTok just hooks them straight away, or it doesn't, and they flick onto the next thing. The swipe generation. Yeah. Well, it's even like this podcast, you know? We did the first episode as like a little trial, and a couple of people listened to it and said they really enjoyed it, so we decided to do more. And before we did the second episode, I read a little guide, and it says, um, tips and tricks for the most successful podcasts, Right. And then one of the number one things was um, an intro. You must have a short, snappy intro yep. that tells people that they want to listen to the show. And of course, me being like an older person, I thought theme song. So I did a little theme song. I later find out what they actually want is they want someone who has a gimmick of how they introduce the show. Like, you know, hey, everybody, quack, quack quack is movie madness and then everyone would go oh there's the quack 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 guys that's the kind of world we live in now whereas where I come from I was like I recognize a tune and mm-hmm. I go oh that's that show that's that thing like you hear uh, well, the quantum leap theme your brain goes quantum leap yeah and, and, you just know and it. nine times out of ten you'd get within the first couple of beats exactly yeah. you'd hear the first little bit come on and you'd go oh this is oh my jam yeah it's like for me it was tears from the clip you just hear that dun there's a guy I I follow on YouTube, Peter McKinnon. You'll have heard of him. I right? know Peter. Yeah, yeah, he's all right. He's a nice guy. But he he actually has quack quack quack. Well, he has an intro he has, as well. It's yeah. the the intro's snappy and it's all you know rocky and everything. And then he always starts his shows as "What's up, guys?" Peter McKinnon, mm-hmm. and it's a real snappy. You know, I mean, he does it a lot better than I just did, obviously. <laughs> 
because well, he's well, Canadian. Well, horn in. Oh, do it. Come on, come on. Hi. Nah, I am not even going to attempt. <sighs> nope, I ain't doing it. <laughs> but you're right. It's he, he's he's got a punchy punchy intro. Yep. But I'm with you. You know, if I hear a piece of music, I'm going. Oh yeah, I know that. Yeah. I just goes to show that we're old. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, me and Wayne are older than you. So, yeah. like, yeah, like, older than me. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, Danielle's got um, Danielle's nephew decides he wants to become a YouTuber, just like you know, uh, my Isn't cousin Andy's two? son wants to be a YouTuber, and everyone else wants to be a fucking YouTuber. That's their big aspiration in life now is to be a fucking YouTuber. Yeah. And so he goes, um, because because you're a filmmaker, Uncle Hank. Would you um, would you watch my YouTube and tell me if it's good? And I go, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll watch it thinking he means about his editing or something you know and so he sends me this video and I swear to fucking Christ it was like an assembly line of every other YouTube video you've ever seen it's him making like quick comments then the camera zooms in on him briefly as like a quick cutaway as he reacts to his own comment and then it cuts back and then you get like a little fucking random thing walking across the screen and then like a fucking sound effect here and then a thing and it's like Jesus Christ man this kid literally adapted himself into the perfect YouTube mold. He's copied and mimicked and pasted mm-hmm. this exact thing. If only he'd applied it to like something that I thought was awesome, like a movie <laughs> or being a good fucking writer or something. And, and instead I just had to go to him, hey man, you know what? It was like every other YouTube video I've ever seen. And he took that as a huge fucking compliment. Oh yeah, well he would. Yeah. Because he's And yet as a filmmaker, I don't want to be the same as every other fucking movie I've ever no. seen. Yeah, but that's I want to what be sells. unique and, and special and just tell good stories and ah, oh, it makes me sad. That's why we're independent filmmakers. <laughs> slash poor, slash old, yeah. Slash cisgendered white males. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I don't see myself as an old white male. Neither does Jim. I'm an alien. <laughs> He's a cis alien. He's a cis alien. Well, after you lost that third ball, you lost your rights to say it. No, hey, was that like you being transhuman? It's still in the record books somewhere, apparently. It's still in the medical record books, and it's on shore somewhere. So I am still a legal alien. He had his SRC, his his species reclassification certificate. I I was caught from the men in black. (laughs) (laughs) That's racist. So anyway, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jesus Christ. Shall you have national on the end of summit? Oof. No, no, that film doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist. It was terrible. So my argument, anyway, is I fucking hate doing short films now because we've made short films that what pisses me off is the individual that watches them I would say nine or eight out of ten people always say I really enjoyed that. But none of them will go out of their way to support it beyond I like Oh, they'll not give you a full critic. I agree with the fact that I hate doing short films. However, I'm not against doing short films that could progress into something more. Example, if we did a short film around about the 25-minute mark, could become part of a TV show or part of an anthology. Oh, yeah, things that have a second second yeah, life yeah. possibility. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, short, yeah, short yeah. films, yeah. I'm, well, uh, we decided I'm, that a while I'm, ago. I'm past we? that now. I've, I've done enough of them. Even as an actor, I've done enough of them. You know, I've got good showreel footage from them. I've got, you know, whatever. I'm, I, it's time I moved on. You know, I need to do more features now. I need to do more actual proper, proper film, yeah. Well, I was going to... Going back to uh, the, the zombie Katie short, mm. um, did we submit that to festivals? 
Or did we not bother in the end? We did submit to about two or three, but only about two or three. Didn't go anywhere? Not to my knowledge. Um, you see, that was obviously a a, a teaser trailer for a feature film called mm. Too Young to Die, That's right. which we want to produce one day yeah. and direct. Like a little um, taste of the kind of world. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be against producing more of those well, that's short that films. Well, yeah. Things like that's great because the problem yeah. is... Yeah, things that lead to something. Yeah, exactly. more, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is kind of what I've just said, yeah. yeah. And this so. is where I'm going. It's like, yeah, I don't want to do short films just for the sake of doing no, short no, no, films. No. But that one actually has would have it's a got physical purpose. It's got meaning. Yeah. And it's also a, an individual story as yeah. well. So mm-hmm. there is a full story in that one. It can be a short film... You see, I'm plugging so building up to something more. <laughs> I'm plugging this short constantly because I think it's one of the best well, ones. Well, why don't you tell people where they can see it? <laughs> oh, they can see it on deadrealfilms.com. There you go. Or the YouTube channel. And it is actually yeah. worth Dead watching. Films. Films official YouTube if you channel, like yeah. getting creeped out, and I mean creeped out, it is a good film for that reason. It is, yeah. It's, it's very well shot. It's very well executed. Yep. The acting is really good in it. Yep. It, it, it'll actually quite surprise a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Good shameless plug there, Glenn. I love it. Oh, I'm going to shamelessly plug that one. But constantly. no, I don't I mean, disagree. Yeah, at all, my though. daughter's in it, but you know, yeah. hey. Um. <laughs> your daughter? <laughs> I killed your daughter? Oh shit! No, you don't know if she died. Did she survive or didn't she? That's why you we need, need another show. <laughs> I didn't give anything away. <laughs> so anyway. I agree with you completely. I think that there is ways that you can leverage the concept of a short film into the possibility of doing more. And I think that the more people that do that, the better. I'm looking at short films these days as being one of two things. Like either one, unbelievably short, like less than a minute or two minutes max. Mm -hmm. So it just tells something incredibly like a gimmick or something simple or just a scene. Um, because they have the chance of being picked up by people with no fucking attention span or something over 20 minutes long that actually tells enough of a story that it could be parlayed into a TV show or a pilot or, you know, give people a real taste of what could be coming further down the line for those with attention spans. Everything in between that seems like a dead zone to me all of a sudden. Never used to, but it does now. Um, And I think leveraging it into another concept or a bigger concept is, is a really great idea and I'm happy with that but this is basically what I was going to say was I, I look around and I go right unless you've got a real and again I'm looking at it like trailers I think short films have to be trailers now yeah. like I watched Inception and the trailer and I thought that's going to be a fucking mind blowing movie well within like three minutes of the movie you go oh, okay I know what everything means now Mm-hmm. There's no mystery behind it, but the visuals by themselves make you have a mystery factor. The Matrix, no one can be told what the Matrix is. And you watch that trailer and you go, oh my God, this is going to blow my fucking mind. Two minutes in the movie, they go, you're a battery. You go, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? There's no, but the trailer sold you on it, and that's what these short films are doing. They're selling you on a concept well, with visuals only. It's like the short film we made can so easily be made out to be more Survivor. You I was know. hoping you were going to say battery for some reason. Oh, battery. I really want to do more battery. Well, yeah, battery is another one we could just go on and on and on. Sorry, I'm plugging the battery there. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> hey, useless trivia. You guys do it wrong. Where I come from is the Energizer Bunny. You have the Duracell Bunny in England because yeah. you guys fucking suck. He's like a little sporty dude. Yeah. A little sporty pink bunny. Where I come from, it's a big uh, white bunny hitting a fucking drum all day. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen it. I have English been people, You got the wrong batteries. 
But hasn't England got the wrong everything? Well, they definitely don't know how to make a taco here. Yes, so I went there, guys. They drive on the wrong care. side of the road. Oh, yeah. Do they even know how to drive in England? The Ooh. fucking idiots, the majority. Honk, honk. <laughs> yes, I drive. Yes, 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 I drive. Hey, I drive for a living. They're all fucking idiots. <laughs> That's got to be it from now on. <laughs> well, you want me to do the next show? Yeah. Quack, quack, quack. Oh, quack, 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 quack. oh honk, honk. Honk, honk. <laughs> honk, honk. It's Hank, Hank. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, God. Honk, honk. It's Hank, Hank. Honk, honk. It's Hank, Let us know, people, in the comments. Do you want to hear Honk, honk. It's Hank, Hank. <laughs> or any other fucking stupid gimmicky bullshit. What would what the honky tonk Hank man? I'll tell you what. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm gonna listen to you guys after this episode goes live. I'm gonna put a thing out maybe on Wednesday or something and say if we were to gimmick the opening, what would you like to hear as the intro words instead of "Hey everybody, welcome to Movie Madness." So yeah. I just say "Hey everybody, welcome to another Movie Madness." I'm nice and straightforward with it. If you want a gimmick, let me know what you want the gimmick to be. That's not a bad idea. Might as well, you know, let the internet speak for itself. Indeed. Yeah. It could be just this. No, don't do it. God, you fucking prick. In case you guys don't realize, ah. when, when, I, when I make that noise, Hank decides he needs a piss. It is hilarious. To us it is, to him it's not. But to us... It but is the best thing ever. I would like to point out that I didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> no, right. Listen, right. So I don't know why. Uh, a lot of people might know about the theory of the brown note, which is that you can play a certain note that would like effect- effectively evacuate your bowels, right? Well, for some reason, we have these uh, we have these setups with these uh, condenser phantom-powered microphones. And on the uh, open shell side of them, there's obviously a grill like there is on most microphones. And for some reason, if Wayne scratches <laughs> the grill directly with all the pop shields and everything else taken off, if he directly scratches the grill up and down in a rapid succession, I literally feel my bladder wiggle. <laughs> like as if you go over, you know when you go over just a little hump on a road and your stomach kind of goes, whoa, just that little like flip. And of course, I'm like. Does it to my bladder? Me, Glenn and I are like thing one and thing two from the cat and that. So, of course, if we find out something like this, we're going to do it. Oh, yeah. Anyway. I don't even know why it does it. Every other microphone doesn't do it. It's just these ones, the ones we have right here. Something about the distance between the sprockets of the grill or something. I don't fucking get it. Try yours? No. no. Don't you fucking do it, man. <laughs> my hands are staying just What happens if you do it yourself? I would probably piss myself, no, but it's okay because I'm gonna piss on you. And I'm not just gonna piss on you. I'm gonna get animals to piss on you. All right, Adam Sandler. Right, thank you. Calm he down. Got it. He got it. He got the reference. I'll just tighten the tone instead. Please take that out of my ass. <laughs> so back to short films. I would love yeah. to know how many people get the references we make. We oh, make so yeah. many fucking references. <laughs> we do. I was gonna say on short films, I find myself now watching mainly product short films all right that have been created by youtubers so obviously i'm heavily invested in cameras yep. and monitors and things like that so i watch what other people are producing with their equipment mm-hmm. and looking at the short films from a technical point of view and from a you know color grading etc etc but that's for me from a <coughs> development point of view yeah 
Um, See, but I, I can't I, say I'll watch any other short short films. I kind of, I know where you come from. I used to do that with the the makeup effects things, but then I used to just find myself crying because I can't buy off the fucking materials in this country. <laughs> well, yeah, there uh, is that. Just because he misses his carrot syrup. Yeah, and what's wrong with carrot syrup? Why can't we get goddamn carrot syrup? Well, you can, but it's illegal here. I mean, how stupid oh, okay. is that? Why is it illegal? Here, let me give you a little bit of background information for those who don't know about how full of hypocrisy this country is. So back in the 90s, they were complaining, you know what, man? British kids are getting too fucking fat. They're starting to look like American kids. Fucking ridiculous. So they outlawed and fully made illegal high fructose corn syrup, which is a, you know, a sugar, basically glucose replacement that is created from corn starch. And that is like in, in everything in America. It's in Mountain Dew. It's in fucking, mm-hmm. you know, Twinkies. It's in everything. Um, it's but, so it's our primary sugar source to replace sugar is much cheaper to produce than actual getting sugar cane. Um, so they banned it here. And that's why Mountain Dew disappeared back in like 1991. And a bunch of other drinks and foods disappeared. Slowly over time, despite the fact this law is still in effect, you'll find they sell Mountain Dew here. There's a British Mountain Dew which has no high fructose corn syrup called Mountain Dew, like, uh, I think it's called Mountain Dew Energy. I think it's called Mountain Dew Energy. Um, or Mountain Dew Citrus or something. But every now and then you'll see people selling, like, a, a Dr. Pepper, you know, vanilla. And you're like, oh, great, you know? And there's a label over the label, right? And you see this on Twinkies, you see this on cereal, you see it on Twizzlers, Butterfingers, lots of different things they sell here in stores as an international import will have a label over the label. And if you read it, you'll find that high fructose corn syrup is normally conveniently replaced by a blank section in the outer label. But if you tear the label off, the product has high fructose corn syrup in it. But by slapping a new label on it, everyone just goes, yeah, whatever. But and lets them sell it. But to go back to the original thing, carosyrup is the best thing ever for me in fake blood. And carosyrup is nothing but high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. It's just right. a brand name. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the right density it's the it's <clears throat> just everything about it is perfect and it's sweet it's, it's easy to mix you can eat it you can put it in your mouth for blood it, it's perfect but you just cannot fucking get it over here as well as other things well there's other stuff what the Americans use to, to make molds and stuff like that and you just can't get them over here right. and to get them imported is just ridiculously expensive so to be a makeup artist in this country is so much harder than what it is to be mm-hmm. in America. Oh, it's price gated. It's more yeah. price gated for sure. Yeah. Well, but, everything is here. Though. I mean, you know, every you know, props. You know, everyone likes to have guns in their movies because no one can think originally and have people sell, settle conflicts without a firearm. Um, if I want to buy a, a replica M eight seventy Remington, you know, for a movie, it's going to cost me about uh, two hundred and forty dollars. But if I buy one in England, it's going to cost me about 480 pounds, which is about $620. Yep. So, I mean, fucking hell, you're literally buy three in America for one here. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, over here, you've got so many more laws and rules. You can't take it outside. You can't show it in front of this person. you got to make sure the police know if you're going to use it outside and blah, 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 blah. In America, you just got to call the police and go, I've got a gun out to this day. And they go, all right, don't uh, point at any police officers. <laughs> just, just real quick, on the note of being very offensive. Glenn, did I ever tell you about the uh, rejected ice cream commercial idea that uh, Wayne and I pitched? No, I don't think you have. <laughs> Wayne had arranged for us to um, <laughs> to pitch a commercial to... Even I um, forgot about that. 
I never forgot because I still want to do it, man. I want to do it every day. Uh, we, we he got us the ability to pitch a commercial series to a um, ice cream a parlor, uh, and we were thinking of different ideas. And I said, I've got a pitch. Um, and he goes, Oh, just run with it then. I don't think he knew what I was gonna say. I think he would have stopped me if he knew what I was gonna say. So we go for this pitch with this dude, and I go, All right, picture this. There's a homeless veteran on the side of the street and he's begging for change and as people pass by they tell him to go fuck himself and get a job and spit in his face and he kind of falls over and he's like it's not my fault I lost everything after the war and they're like whatever get a job and like the camera's like panning across people just looking at him with disgust and you can see a fucking tear in his eye and he's like curling up and it's cold you can see the wind and the leaves are, are like blowing across him and he's just like why can't there be you know a home for people like me and he's like trying to get warm and he's slowly you can see he's slowly he's coming to the cold and he's slowly dying this poor fucking veteran is dying in front of all these people who couldn't give a fuck and then you hear la 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 and this cartoon ice cream cone jumps in front of him it slowly comes up the screen and it covers him completely and goes life is much more fun with ice cream why focus on the negative when you could have ice cream and I'm like this is the best commercial I could possibly pitch this dude about had a fucking coroner he looked at me like I was a complete monster so my second idea was like you got a kid staring on a cliff this, one, he, this one I did like and he's like huh no, no one's ever gonna appreciate me all just because I was born a little different because I happen to like boys and I just, I can't help but be me and all this sort of stuff and should I jump? Should I not jump? And then you hear this echo in the, in, across the like the canopy of the fucking, you know, uh, the, the walls of the edge of the cliff just like ah, la, la, la. he's like, what is it? Are you calling to me? And he goes and he looks like he's about to fall but as he looks like he's about to fall this ice cream cone covers him and goes la 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 ah, life's much better with ice cream <laughs> don't focus on the negatives focus you know, on the ice cream you know we should actually do these I've always wanted to do these YouTube. yes they'll go viral for the wrong reasons but they'll go viral <laughs> they would. But, but so many people I tell this to think I'm insane but I've always because, thought this was the funniest fucking idea for a commercial what ever what you do is you, you keep progressing it so the third one suddenly it's an ice cream with monkey's blood on it and, the, and you got sprinkles on it and then you got sherbet on it and then you got everything else on it and you got a double one then you got uh. so basically what you want to do is you have to level up your ice cream yeah. based on the atrocity it's covering damn straight so you have this plane Christ. flying toward these two large towers and all of a sudden it's just like a banana split in the well, sky what I was thinking was you it's pump here and everything's erupting and then the sherbet just covers the ice cream life's much God. better with ice cream what, what do you do for the what do you do for the Cadbury's flake though uh, I was thinking they were King Kong so close enough uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised they didn't go with that. No, no, I was at the time. For some reason, I, at the time, I was surprised because they'd what they'd said was specifically we only want to do something that could go viral. 
And I said, well, that's definitely going to go viral. That's viral for the wrong reasons. But do you know what, right? Is there a wrong reason, though? Do you know what that means? Uh, With product, probably. Ten years ago, that screams out for me. It screams out that we need to bring back a new Monty Python kind of thing. Yeah, I could go with that. That kind of thing would be perfect for that. The thing is, though, if you're going to do a real good, like, Monty Python, Mr. Show, Kids in the Hall kind of show, you gotta be off the chain, man. And I don't think many people really want people off the chain anymore. I disagree. Well, sorry, let me rephrase. Let if me rephrase. It, if did it correctly, I, I think I... an incredibly vocal minority of people don't want people off the chain anymore, and it affects the willingness of everyone else who is on the chain to let you off the but, chain. But as long as we don't culturally affect anybody, then we we'll wouldn't do it. We'll still have fun, we'll still poke fun. I mean, that, that ice cream one, straight away, people's gonna find that hilarious. Yeah. Yes, some people might take offence with oh, you will to a get, degree, but there's, I would good, love to but there's no cultural offence to them. You'll get a lot of hate mail. Do you know what I mean? Let's do a little t- uh, poll for everyone listening. Please send us uh, your responses to uh, moviemadnessandderialfilms.com. Would you like to see more la 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 covering up all the atrocities of this world? And, you know, and if so, tell us more toppings we can use. <laughs> How do you take your ice cream? I don't. I don't care. It's for the foot. <laughs> so, yeah, what I was gonna say way before we got into this part of the conversation, yeah, was, uh, it takes a lot of effort. This is the thing that pisses me off about YouTube and stuff is, um, people go through a lot of effort to make stuff look like it's effortless, and that's one of the things that kids now think is the thing, and everyone thinks that everything doesn't take any effort at all. Um, like the whole bottle flip thing. Yeah. You know, that was a great example of making people think that it was effortless when in reality it could be 7,000 takes. Um, so the amount of effort it takes to do a short film can be pretty comparative to the effort it takes to do a feature film. Yeah. It's just, it's shorter. That's all. It's just not as long of how long you're working. But if I'd have known, well, I mean, I say if I'd have known, the first thing I ever did was a film feature film before a short film. So I guess I did know, but I'm too stupid to have capitalized on it. Um, I would always say people should do features. Just a shit, even if it's garbage, learn from your mistakes. Garbage fire of a feature is better than two okay, adequate shorts. Because I've seen Amazon Prime. They will buy anything. Oh, Amazon Prime they will. They will literally buy anything. and You'll at least get a couple of pennies from it. Whereas you're never going to sell a short film. Here's a horrific story. We're not going to name names. Now tell your story, Wayne. Take the name out. Are you going to blank? I'm going to blank the previous part. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) We don't want to be those guys. uh, Briefly worked with a guy um, who literally point blankly asked us to help me a porno and was quite upset when we said no. And he's like, but that's where the money is. And we're like, yeah, but that's where your career ends. He's like, yeah, but it's so easy to make. It's like, you are a... This guy, believe it or not, I think he was quite high up in the hospital, working in hospitals. That's how scary life is. You haven't even told him the worst part yet of what the movie was going to be. That's the worst part. Yeah, I don't want to even go down that I'm going to have to because it needs to be said because that's how you know it's a crazy, horrible story. This guy wanted me to direct a vampire film first. He wanted us to do other films first, but then he asked us outright to do this. Go on, you see, because I I don't even want to go down that (laughs) path. What he said was is what people really want 
is a good love story, um, but with fucking. And there's no better love story than a high school sweetheart. So you get a couple of 18-year-olds who look like they're about 15 or 14, and you tell the story of them in high school being first love, and then at the end of the movie, they actually fuck. But the whole movie, there's no fucking till the end. So you build up that weight. I can't wait to watch these kids fuck. And then they fuck at the end. And I was just like, wow, dude, for like seven reasons, hard pass. <laughs> this is the same guy who worked with another member of our team. Mm-hmm. And for no reason in the film whatsoever, got an actress to blow a guy, literally blow the guy. To completion. And then cut the scene. Shut up. And apparently during the premiere, she was crying her eyes out when the scene came, like, was missed. Like, the section of the movie was missed. Because he made her do it. Because she was like... She didn't want to do it, but he made her do it. Because she was, like, one of the lead actors. Yeah. She's as bad as it was doing it, it was worse than it was not in the movie. Yeah. Because of the fact she'd already done it. Yeah. So... But he's now got that video footage of her blowing him. And he's he's probably watching it every night. So this this guy hasn't been arrested. Why? Well... Technically, he's done nothing illegal. Well, yeah, but but I mean, all I can think anytime I, he's he's made several movies. Not, we don't want to name names. I don't nope. even know how the fuck we got into this topic of this bullshit. I, I mean, I'll be honest. When I, when I first met the guy, I thought he was a nice guy, and he probably is a nice he's guy. He's charismatic. Yeah, no, but he kind of scared me off with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. When I look at any of his movies, all I see is la 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 la. <laughs> no, 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 The no, ice cream no, no, cone no, no. just appears Do in front of the screen. Do not tarnish la la with that, please. <laughs> is that what we're calling it, la la? Yeah. La la, lick it all day, la la. <laughs> la la, the ice cream. La la, the ice cream. <laughs> I don't know how we got onto that topic, but yeah, that's a horrible, horrible fucking... This is the shit you go through as an independent yeah. filmmaker. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like when, when I talk to people out... I don't know if you get this as well, Glenn, but when, when, when I'm talking to just general people and they say, what do you do? I make films. Oh, yeah. Oh, you get that in England no, a lot. No, not yeah. that kind of film. Well, what kind of film? Well, what do you think you watch on telly? What you make weird films? Yeah, I make weird films. Oh, the lads, the lads I work with. Yeah, they, they, they're like, are you able to work any extra shifts this weekend, Glenn? No, I'm filming this week. Oh, you're filming kids again, are you? Yeah, that's what you get. Honestly, it, it's 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 so frustrating. You know, on a film theater shows or yeah. or stage shows, you know, and it's are you filming kids? That's it's like oh. Jesus. Yeah. I don't mean anything by it, but you, you just do, got to, you just need the one wrong person to hear. To hear that, it exactly, exactly, and then you know you interrogate, and it's and it's so disheartening. Yeah, it really, really is. Fucking unbelievable. But I think you're right, Hank. It's definitely Britain more than America. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know a lot of people in America who you talk about your filmmaker, and they just go, "Oh yeah," because like anyone can do that, right? Anyone, if they want to, can become whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Whereas in England. No one becomes a filmmaker, you know. I bet the average per- we we did that episode about uh, yeah, Ridley and Tony Scott. Yeah, and I bet at least some people would go, "Oh, were they British?" Yeah, even though it's a well-known fucking fact, they must be from London, though, right? Yeah, there's only London that's where British people are allowed to make You're money. Probably talking about two percent of everybody who tries to make it from Britain actually does make it. Oh yeah, that's how sad it is. But then again, the in the in Britain. We get no support, especially in England. There's no support for the the filmmakers, unless you're already well known. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got BFI, but I'm sorry, BFI does sweet oh, FA. BFI is a. They will not support you one little bit unless you've actually done something very successful. 
mm-hmm. and yet they're supposed to be there for the upcoming people no they're not yeah you know Creative England Creative England turn around to me and says oh yeah yeah we'll give you 500 grand no problem once you've got 500 grand of your own mm-hmm. you know what makes me sad is I, I, I remember I was reading an interview about uh, Kevin Smith one time and he was saying that Sundance Film Festival is what really took his career off because they had made a big hit of it with clerks there. And then every year they invited him back and wanted to see what else he'd have to do. And the producer, uh, sorry, the uh, promoters uh, would always basically try to make sure he had a good stage to, to perform his movies with and that he would always have good press and all this. And he says, they supported my career and I wouldn't be here if they hadn't supported me so well. Now, on a, on a parallel to that, I know of a writer... Uh, here in the UK and he managed to get one of his uh, stories produced a feature film that was very acclaimed it was picked up by Netflix um, and he's nowhere he's got nothing from it he's 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 kickstarting his next movie who's because he can't get any money because they don't support you here I know a couple of people that got um nearly a quarter of a million to make a movie about sexual assault because it was very personal to the people involved and um, they went and got the money they got the movie made the movie was released people said the movie exists and their careers just went nowhere Yeah. and it wasn't that it was like badly reviewed and it's like a terrible movie it's because no one gives a fuck here we've worked with you today now fuck off whereas in yeah. America they'll foster and support if they think they see talent over yeah. here if they see talent they'll squash it because it's just going to take up space. Well, let's face it, most most of the talent have ended up in America. Yeah, well, because, again, it's a it's a country that supports you. It's yep. a people that want you to succeed. Yep. I don't know many people in England who want me to succeed, ever. You can always tell there's that, like, hey, good job. I fucking hope you fail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get that a lot especially here. Especially from your own sort of, like, people who... What's the best term to use here? People who are in the same industry. Yes, your 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 uh, adjacent colleagues, yeah. and so on. You know, you try to help them out as much as you can, and all they want to do is stab me in the back. Yeah, you you want to be a colleague, they want to be a competitor. Yeah, yeah. Not all of them, but I think that's again because over here people seem to think there's only like one slot a year, and we've got a Hunger Games for it. You know what I mean? Which is not fucking true. Yeah, and the odds are never in your favor. Nope. Yeah. So why not band together and increase those odds? I don't know why everyone's going to be such a fucking... Ah, man, this took a real negative turn. I apologize. It has, it has. I don't know but... what it is, man. I think it's because, you know, today is the day that they've released a little bit of lockdown, and we already know they're not going to fully let lockdown go. Well, he's already said that more or less, hasn't he? Yeah, which is really pissed me. It was going to end on my birthday, and I was really excited to actually do something for my fucking birthday, and that's not happening. And I would have went to the flicks and seen Mortal Kombat, but I have seen it, and it wasn't worth it. And I'm really let down. You could always watch Quiet Place too. Look, man. don't jump. Do not jump off that cliff. Get back here now. <laughs> la 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 la. <laughs> Look, man. The Quiet Place one was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. Theaters only. Theaters only. I'm just saying it was a good movie because it was a well-produced gimmick movie. Uh-huh. It wasn't a good story. It wasn't well made. Uh, like from the standpoint of like characterization or anything and after that fucking ending even doing a sequel just seems like a waste of my goddamn time it's like okay Mars attacks happens and the Martians come to Earth and they kill like 85% of the characters and they play a fucking country song and it blows all their brains out 
Now we get Mars Attacks 2 where they wear earmuffs. That's what this is like having a quiet place too. <laughs> they come back with earmuffs. That's what it's like. Because <laughs> they figured out how to fucking kill them in the first one. <laughs> well, at least it's not like Independence Day 2 where, you know what, they killed us the first time. Let's give them one big motherfucking alien see what and beat them that way. Oh, God. No, we still kind of beat them. Oh. Let's go back. Independence Day 3. We got an even bigger alien. <laughs> you know what, man? I've never even seen Independence Day 2. I just fucking refuse to watch it. I know it'll upset me. Uh, I can't deal with it, man. I can't deal with it. But it's got Jeff in it, though. It's got them all in, apart from Will. Yeah, but we want Jeff. Yeah. Jeff's you can't get enough gold blue. Jeff, he's a friend of man. I met him. He's a lo- lovely person. I think the reason we're on a downer today is because we're talking about short films. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I, and I we're talking disagree. about films in Britain, which, you know... Yeah, I, I actually... I, honestly, I wished... If anybody was listening to this, I wish you could prove me wrong. You know, if there's anybody out there who knows anybody who wants to support the British, you know, film it. And I hope you prove us wrong, but for now, I stand by what I say. And the thing is, I'm going to... You know, as I'm going to sound as hypocritical as the country of which I am in right now but you know we're about to embark on filming a short film next month that we've been we've been I mean don't get me wrong we were contracted to do it it's not like we just came up with the idea ourselves we're, we're helping another filmmaker cut his teeth and direct his first short so it's funny because he'll probably listen to this and it's going to be such a fucking like kick in the teeth to the way we talked to him because we're like, hey, man, you're going to really enjoy the experience and we're going to get you through it. And it's going to be your first film and all this sort of stuff. And then we're sitting here like, fuck short films. It fucking suck, man. However, what we did see is it's good to be learning. Yes, from. I, I yeah. agree. And, I, and that's what we have said to him is, you know, the thing is, we'll make the best with him, the best yeah. short film possible for we're, him. And, and let's and face bring it, his ideas to life. On but, this one, I feel like I'm acting more of a teacher. Well, that's what it is, you know. Yeah, and, no. You know, I'm not saying we're complaining because we're doing the short film. Yeah. I'm just saying it sounds so disingenuous to be positives to him and then negatives on the show. But it's just because we're fucking old yeah, and jaded. Yeah, but let's face it, he is Batman, so he will relish this challenge <laughs> and defeat the odds. I think it'll be a really good short film. That's uh, the worst impression. What's funny I wasn't doing Batman. I was no, doing I know, Lee. I know. I was doing Lee. Even for Lee, that was a bad impression. I can't get that, Lou. I'm sorry. Lee's got the fantastic voice. I can I can do an impression of Lee if you want to hear it. <laughs> yep, really good. I like it. Boop, boop, boop. Peter's done. Oh, I'm sorry about a radio show. <laughs> oh, souls. You all right, guys? <laughs> that was good. Cool. He, he, he can get that deep, I can't. Everything's better with ice cream. Everything's better with ice cream. We we really need to do this now because people are this, this going to want to see this. I'm telling you now. I've, you know what? I hope so. I pitched this. To, I even pitched this recently to someone. I said, this is the one big really bad rejection I've ever had is this fucking commercial and when I pitched them they went dear god I'm not surprised <laughs> yeah, but, yeah but exactly how funny would it be though that's what this is my I think people would hate it but for the right reasons you know it's funny I think at the time when I pitched it which was a couple of years back it would have probably went down really funny now I think we might be in too sensitive to culture it might have aged poorly 
No, I, I disagree. Or you think it's people are primed for that kind of yes. like over the top shit? I think, shit. Uh, I think when we pitched it, counterculture. I think when we pitched it, yes, people would have found it funny. I think if we did it like a year, two years ago, we would have been slaughtered. So you now think we're I on think, the edge of a cut of I think a ridge. people are starting to get ready for this stuff again. The point at which the wave has crested because humor has died, back. and I think people are desperate for humor. Mm. I really do think humor has died because of all that, and I think people are desperate for it. And like I say, it's not like we're doing anything culturally wrong. It is just humor. It's yeah. very black humor, but yeah, it's humor. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think we need to work on that. We one. Yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> we need to work on that. <laughs> Yeah, we went off the rails today, everybody. We apologize. <laughs> What's um, new? Well, no, well we normally really went off we go off the rails and it's... And it comes um, back. It's just a siding. Yeah. We just haven't come back today. In all fairness, it's about shorts. So we're back doing the short burst, which is why we've gone off the rail each time. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. We <laughs> just keep jumping yeah. rails. Yeah, sticking to form. Yeah. So here's a question for you, then. Before we end this episode and everything, dun, dun, as much as dun, I've crapped dun, all dun, over the concept dun, dun, of dun. Um, short films and how I've said they only really have the one mode, which is basically shit popularity through uh, viral as opposed to story. And, you know, it's all about kind of the impact factor as opposed to the story and re- resonating factor. That's what I'd say. It's impact as opposed to resonation. Do you have a favorite short film you've ever seen? And what was it? <laughs> I'm going to let Wayne answer that one first. Because I'm struggling. I can easily name my favorite short film uh, of all time. Oh, go on then. You start. Okay. Uh, my favorite short film of all time. I think Wayne was still waiting to go. Are you still waiting to go, Wayne? You can jump in, man. This is your shot. Take it. I ain't got a clue. Uh, my favorite short film of all time is a uh, short film from a filmmaker called Don Hertzfeld. And, and you, you a, would say that. And he's an animator. Yeah, it's an animated movie. Yeah. And it's um, it's called uh, Everything Will Be Okay. And ironically, what's so funny about it is I loved this short film and it really fucking touched me in the soul. And it resonated with me deeply, and I loved it. And it's become one of my favorite feature films of all time because he actually made three short films back to back over a nine-year period and combined them into one feature film. So that was the first part of a trilogy. But of course, I didn't know that at the time. But it really spoke to me when I saw that. And funny enough, he's a guy who does a lot with story by only having stick figure character animation. And it's like. If, he, if it wasn't for the gimmick that he actually hand draws every single page himself with no digital effects of any kind, I don't think he'd have been as notable as he is today. But he is an old school example of the thing I've always preached, which is he says, if you told a story about a green triangle in love with a blue square, if you tell it right, the audience will leave crying. And that's the what that's the kind of films I want to make universal ones, ones that make people feel things. None of this impact bullshit. If I had to choose... I don't know if it's be best, it's just the only one what I would probably watch again. And it's more because it was just very, very, very well done and very visual. It's a fan film. Okay. And it's uh, Batman versus the Predator. 
I remember that. Yeah. Where the joke is also in it. Yeah. And it's all, he runs uh, runs into him in an alleyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I actually thought that was very, very well executed. Very well acted. Very well mm-hmm. produced. And just short enough to enjoy, just long enough to enjoy yeah. for a short film. Uh, you know, the joke was phenomenal in it. The, whoever played the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman, the guy who played Batman did it really well. And then you obviously had the Predator and the Alien in it as well. And mm. I, you know what? Very, very, very well done. I remember when I, when I was first taught to watch it, and I was like, yeah, here you will go. But pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. No, no, they did an amazing job with it. I remember that. And it's one of those movies that sparked the debate of um, is it okay to make fan films? Uh, because obviously people were willing to buy that. Yeah, yeah. You know, that yeah, guy was exactly. able to merchandise against that. Yeah. So then the companies who created those characters are like, wait a minute, are we missing out on some fucking money here or what's going on? But eventually, I think most companies say, well, it's getting our name out there. Exactly. So why, why exactly. It's, it's still promoting Batman, isn't it? It's only really promoting. Disney that shuts everybody down. <laughs> you know, Warner Brothers is only cool with it. But here's my my thing about that is I, th- I agree that was really good if Superman uh, Superman if Batman was just a guy called John and the Predator was just a random alien and the Joker was a guy called David wouldn't it have had the same impact if it was if they all looked the same then yeah but they wouldn't look the same because they wouldn't be the same characters because that's the point is if you took the characters that were already pre-existing before the short film existed out of it was the short film no, no, good no, no, enough no. to be so memorable? No, what I'm saying is, if they'd made David a good sort of like hero, like Batman, but not Batman, and they made the Predator a good alien, like the makeup like was as good as the Predator, and then they did uh, the Joker to look as menacing as what he did as the Joker, but not the Joker, then yeah, it would probably still be okay, as good. Okay, so you mean if you had the, basically knockoffs, yeah. it would, you think it would still be as yeah, strong? Yeah, it's not just because it's those characters. It's not just because of the legacy of the characters. No, no, okay, I, okay, I just thought that's the whole right, thing then. was very well done. It just happened to be because it was those characters, yeah. but it was all very well done. Mm. Oh, that's okay then. That's all right then. Cool. I think Glenn Glenn's is, trying to look through. Yeah, he's, he's flicking through his phone, so I feel like he just doesn't. I don't got none. You have got one. Yeah, you well, already told us. Well, yeah. Katie, Katie. Well, yeah, you fucking piece of shit. Obviously, the one time he gets a chance yeah, to pitch directly, he fucking he misses just, it. He fucks it up. Well, What's your favorite short film of all time? Twice. Well, it's got to be one you guys made, obviously. <laughs> you guys are the best. You, know? you fucking <laughs> suck, Glenn. Jesus Christ. I was sitting here looking at you on your phone going, I know, believe this motherfucker. <laughs> he brought it up like six times <laughs> earlier, and now we can throw it over the plate, and he's like, oh, yeah, you guys make films. That's right. I was there for them as well. I was Rick Moranis on it. <laughs> I want to do a quantum leap. Quarter. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> that was just for you, Wayne Madden. Oh, well, no, I was trying to think of something I'd watch that wasn't Katie. Okay. <laughs> but I haven't. I, 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 I was flicking through to see if I'd actually watched anything that would be classed as a short film. But no, I, I haven't watched short films purely probably because of the reason that they just. Have, I mean, have no interest they're meaningless aren't they yeah. basically they are mean I mean it's like going back to Batman I wouldn't have watched that unless somebody told me to watch it mm-hmm. but when I watched I enjoyed it yeah but it's not something I would have purposefully went out to try and find something like that but trying to claw some dignity back 
Tune it. When when I do watch the Katie Short, even now, the the bit at the end still puts goosebumps. I still get goosebumps watching it, and I've seen it umpteen times. Do you know what the irony is behind that that little film there? That was actually a kind of a scene I wanted to put in, but Hank didn't want in. Oh, what in the in final script? Yeah, it was supposed to be an ambulance originally. Uh huh. Uh, and she came across the ambulance, and one of the ambulance drivers was dead, and blah blah blah. But we changed it to the army, which actually makes most just as good sense as yeah, yeah. an ambulance. But um, yeah, it was the scene I wanted to put in the film, but Hank just didn't feel like it meant anything. Mm-hmm. Um. And it would have added extra time on for needless time. And I kind of get that. Okay, okay. But I think okay. when we filmed it, I think I thought to myself, do you know what? This would actually be really good in the film. Oh, no. I think it's a great sequence. You see, we have differing opinions of of certain types of filmmaking feelings. Um, I like the concept when it comes to that script in particular, which if anyone would like to read a copy or learn more about the film, you can always get in touch with us. You can check out his website at wearetoyountodie.com. Quite happy to send you the script to read. Yeah, we we, um, have an email activation system so that if you email us to a certain email, you actually receive the script and we receive a a basic license that says this person received the script for copyright and so forth. Uh, But... eh I probably made a horrible cut there and we started voiding into terrible spoiler territory and I don't want to do that for our own work. We do it for everyone else's because fuck it, you can go see there. You can't go see our movie easily. It's still in script form. So let's cut all that shit out. And anyway, um, I feel like that's as good a place as any to more or less bail with Glenn failing to realize that he had a perfect opportunity to pitch that um, <laughs> to pitch us to the audience I thought I'd pitched it enough times but you know maybe we're just too cynical because we've been stuck on the front lines for so long without being able to get bigger and better things without literally having to put every penny and crawling up well, the hill just, ourselves let's just hope a really crude picture that there's somebody with money out there listening to our shows who actually want to invest in movies and say the name on movies and help us yeah, and also don't feel if you're a young filmmaker thinking about doing short films, don't don't let us talk you out of it, man. It's not a bad thing to make short films. It's just I think we're worn down by them, and the the kind of motivation behind what you want out of a short film I think has changed. I really honestly think it's changed over the last twenty years. From I want to show I can tell a story to I want to show that I can get people hooked, and you know give me some hits or shock someone or whatever. And it's all about impact as opposed to resonation. And I prefer things that resonate. That's just me. That's who I am. But what do you guys think as an audience out there? Why don't you get in touch with us? Let us know at uh, deadrealfilms.com forward slash movie madness. Or you can email us directly at movie madness at deadrealfilms.com. We always love to hear from you guys what you got to say, what you're thinking, and what you want to hear, and what your thoughts are, and so forth. And whatnot. Uh, Glenn, Wayne. Uh, my esteemed colleagues, do you have any final words before we start to depart this? Just to back up what you said there, you know, anybody who is upcoming in the films, keep going, keep doing it. You will have to do the shots first, but don't do them forever. And I would say, do the shorts, you will learn. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I didn't start filmmaking until I was past my 50th birthday. And, and, I'm he, still and he still hates us now for the <laughs> Yeah, sorry, dude. No, it's ejected him with the bug up his butt. Yep, the bug is there. It's brilliant. I'm still making short films, and I will still make short films because I've got to learn, and they are a great place to learn. 
because as Hank said earlier it is like making a feature film it's just unfortunately you're compressing everything into anywhere between two minutes and 25 minutes whereas with a feature film you've got more time to tell the story yep short film you've got to get it in in a short time but you will learn so do it and you can do it it is it is achievable yeah oh, not yeah. easy it's actually harder than a short difficult. film sometimes but yep. it is achievable especially on a zero budget and speaking about the whole achievable thing that you know there's Glenn is a great example of how it's never if you've been it's thinking never about these it. things and you happen to be a film fan you think about making movies but you don't think you can there's Glenn didn't even start till you know he was into his 50s very reminiscent of Cormac McCarthy who never picked up a pen to write a book until he was nearly 67 and then wrote No Country for All Men Pulitzer mm-hmm. Prize winning first novel Morgan, you know, Morgan Freeman didn't start until he was in his 50s did he I don't think he did, but he still looked like he was in his 30s. Because <laughs> well, yeah. he's Morgan fucking Freeman. He, looks, yeah. he only looks like he's in his 50s now, so... <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> That's the, uh, you know what they say, man? Black don't crack. <laughs> we're all, we're all fucking made of porcelain. We just break at the drop of a hat. Yep. Bit of fucking rain hits us. <laughs> Down we go. Anyway, uh, I've had a really fun time talking with you guys even though we have been a bit negative skewed negatively I think we had a couple of good jokes in there anytime you're stressing about life people just remember la 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 everything goes down easier with ice cream <laughs> coming soon to a theater near you <laughs> that's, that's down in your intro isn't it fuck the honky tonk hank and all that la 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 yep I'm down I'm down. I've been pitching that idea for like seven years. Let's bring it to life. The fucking Lala code. You know, ah! you know, we'll, do, like, we'll do half a dozen of them and then we'll just throw them at all the ice cream places around and see if any of them dare pick it up. Oh my God. <laughs> if someone had the balls to pick that shit up, man, I would I would eat them for life. I would be like every other ice cream shit. Carvel in America, I'm looking at you, bro. I know you could do it. You got... You got so much to hype back up to get past Ben and Jerry's and the Baskin and Robbins. Come on, man. Build yourself back up with a bit of fucking awesome identity crisis. <laughs> la, la. <laughs> la, la, la. <laughs> and also, it's got that kind of, doesn't it have like a little bit of Nightmare on Elm Street feel to it? Like, it's, well, it's, 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 it's that or yeah. it's um, Jack Nicholson, The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a cross between The Shining and Nightmare on Elm Street. It's just so horrific, it just might work. <laughs> anyway you guys take care keep watching some movies and let us know what you think about short films go watch a good movie right now no matter how the length you'll enjoy yourself bye everybody bye, bye.